everybody. Welcome. This is the Macaw Podcast Universe. universe. I'm cutting you off. Exist to prove, prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we are covering our namesake today. We're going back to the pool of Marvel because a long-awaited movie has come out mm-hmm. this past weekend. It's Shang-Chi. Long-awaited? Was this pushed back? Oh, yeah. Oh, when? Yes, this was pushed back. It was what supposed was to come out last year. General release date? Okay. I don't remember the exact release date, but of course, with COVID, this movie got pushed back. And as we're going to learn... This has been something that Marvel's been trying to make since the 80s. Whoa. We're going to jump into that a little bit. But first, you know, we've been covering Godfather, and then we're taking a sharp turn, and we're covering an action-packed superhero movie, and then we're going back into Godfather and talking about Popes next week. So, we're glad you're here. Um, As you know... When a new movie comes out in a franchise that we cover, we interrupt, uh, interrupt our regularly scheduled program, and we jump into it. So here we are, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and we're going to keep it spoiler-free, and then there'll be the spoiler alert song, and then we'll go through the plot. Mm-hmm. So what I was hoping to do, you know, a few months ago, Black Widow came out, and we covered that. What what are your thoughts and feelings on Black Widow now now that we've come down a little bit? Because we were excited to just go see a Marvel movie in theaters. Do you have any changes of opinions on that movie or anything like that? I don't really like it. It's not a very good movie. The The more I've been away from it, the less I like it. And then watching this movie, it's like, oh my gosh, finally a good... like, And that's how I almost fe- get that Marvel feeling <laughs> yeah, again yeah. of like, finally they did it. And it's like, well, they've been doing it. Right. A great job. But this one just was so great in comparison to the last one that was released. Yeah. And it it is a little hard to compare because they're just very different movies. They're covering very different things. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to put a water dragon in your movie, it's automatically a better movie. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Well, yeah. Some of the things I've I've thought about, um, I still liked Black Widow, but I do think this was like, so much better it was kind of like a little bit embarrassing yeah is how it felt to me like when i finished this it was like ooh, the grand kickoff to phase four is black widow this feels like the real kickoff it it feels like a regression like almost yeah like with some of the not so great marvel movies and like i'm i think we talked in that episode i feel like where that movie fails is when it decides to be a superhero movie instead of a spy movie yep um, and all the bombastic stuff in that movie kind of falls flat. And this movie straight up goes into fantasy hard. Yeah. And does not apologize for it. So one one of the things that was exciting about this movie was um, it. Does not have it. It does not have Pennywise. Um, no, what, what I thought was exciting before we get into all the details is. I don't know. This might be the first like true time that I felt like this in Marvel. Um, They have spent, you know, since 2008 creating this world. And this felt like the first genuine payoff to that world. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like these felt like real characters that really existed while all the other things happened. And this is a lot of their decisions and like things that came up or lived in that world and didn't feel like 
things to just make an audience go, look at that. Remember that from that movie? Remember that from that movie? That's in there. But th this one felt like the first time they really fully uh, took advantage of we've created a world with a lot of craziness and consequences, and here's a whole new character. And kind of what makes this movie unique is that it is in the Marvel world because it was so self-contained simultaneously. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Um, so that was exciting to me. Yeah. And... I still, yeah, I still like Black Widow, but this felt like, oh, this is like phase four beginning. This this is also one where I'm like, I could genuinely see myself choosing to watch this movie again. This one felt like... And instead of like, yeah. oh, I'm going to watch all... Like, I, I like instead of watching something for a, with a purpose. Like, I like yeah. it's like, I don't see myself watching Marvel again until I have kids. Yeah. Kind of thing. This is like, oh, I could just see myself watching this one again. Totally. This this one felt very rewatchable. In a cursory glance, I I put this one below the Guardians movies, below the last two Avengers, below Spider-Man Far From Home, and then below Black Panther. But I had it above everything else, just on a cursory. I think I liked it better than Black Panther. I I think that's fair. But the, what's great is they're both very different. Yeah. I, I, it's just tough to beat Killmonger, but I think I no, I know, I know, but but this one also has a great villain too. Yeah, Tony Leung was really good in this. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's. I mean, tickets went on sale. We bought tickets. We then went on a two-week vacation. First time, really. Well, I mean, we've done like family vacations, but the first time we were able to do like a you and me big trip. Uh -huh. So we haven't podcasted in two weeks. Feels like, oh yeah, training wheels. Got to put the training wheels back on to podcast again here. Not really. It's like riding a regular old bike. <laughs> and the movie comes out. We get home on a Sunday. We go see this on Labor Day. And I think we should talk a little bit about our theater experience with this movie. Yeah. Because it, it, was it was simultaneously like, yeah. ruled and simultaneously sucked. Yeah. So let's please. start with the bad news. Uh, the the people <laughs> sitting near on my side, the, we had a seats in between, like a seat empty seat on my side and empty seat on Micah's side. I mean, then an empty seat between us because we don't sit together. Joke. Um, but the people on my side, it was flabbergasting. That throughout the whole movie, I think someone was snoring. But every time I looked over, I don't think either of them were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one time I looked over and it was the the girl. And I'm like, okay, so it must be her boyfriend who's sleeping. And then like a minute later, the boyfriend like gets up and goes to the bathroom. Uh -huh. And it's like, I don't know if either of them were sleeping. But the, the snoring sound was so loud uh -huh. i had to like put my hand over my <laughs> ear <laughs> because because for me i i just definitely get very annoyed very easily by things and it kind of gets to a point where i like allow it to annoy me I, mm -hmm. I have a hard time ignoring it at that point so it got to a point and this movie has a lot of quiet moments in it and all i could think about was this snoring noise to my left and it was driving me insane yeah. So 
Okay. Because <laughs> I have to piggyback on that. Because I had another experience on my right. So I did not hear any of the snoring. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know if it's our theater or if this is a different thing for this movie. But it felt like they mixed the sound differently than previous Marvel movies. Because previously... You know, when it's an action scene, it's ripping off your ears. When it's a quiet scene, it's really quiet. Um, I mean, not not to the extent of, say, a tenant, but but certainly oh, but loud, drastic. Yeah. And this movie kind of felt like it didn't, it never got too loud and it never got too quiet. Yeah, which was kind of strange. I, I almost felt like the action they could have, but I don't know. It could have been our theater. Yeah, I feel like they could have maybe bumped up some of the. I feel like a lot of the times, it's just our theater. Yeah, it probably is. Um, but so having said that, even in action scenes, I could sometimes hear stuff, but I was sitting next to this woman. She was one, one over. And when we got in, (laughs) when we sat down to, to watch the movie, she's laughing at like all of the commercials before the movie. And she's laughing at the trailers and stuff. So I'm thinking this could be annoying, but maybe this is actually fun because, I like when Marvel audiences are into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like a half hour into the movie, she started sniffing. And what I mean by that, uh, <laughs> loyal listeners, is she started going. And she wasn't crying? And I was, well, no, she was not crying as far as I could tell. And and you may think, oh, Micah, you're exaggerating. There's no way someone could sniff that often. I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. For two hours of the movie, she was... <laughs> <laughs> and I was so distracted by this the snoring noise that I couldn't... I, I, I missed that part of my right side. And then at, right was... as the movie ends, someone lets out this giant belch. that, And I think the person burped, and then they immediately said, uh-oh. that was just funny what what blew my mind so so also if you are not from the county that we live in and listening to this episode we are currently at least like last week we are the number one covid place in america our county sucks right now and so i'm sitting next to someone who is not following the state mandate that's been reinstated. Neither were the people on my side. So none of them are wearing masks. It's just Jordan and I wearing masks in the theater. And I'm just hearing someone sniffle the whole movie. So there's... And a- I'm hearing someone having potential, like, breathing issues, <laughs> which is, this is a virus known for having breathing <laughs> yeah, issues. Uh, so uh, there's part of me that's like, well, one, thank goodness I'm vaccinated. But two, oh boy, I hope, I hope that uh, this mask's... This mask and the vaccination works because who knows what's going on with these people. So that was the bad. Yeah, so but we're still doing okay. We're still healthy. We are, yes. Here's what was good about the movie. This crowd was excited to be there. And when something happened in the movie, they kind of freaked out. This is the first <laughs> Marvel movie I've ever seen where there is a fight scene going on and it's like takes down one bad guy, takes down another bad guy. Then the the other bad guy shows up and his his arm becomes a sword. This is the first time I've ever heard people say, 
oh (laughs) (laughs) like how was he gonna do this one (laughs) it was awesome it kind of felt like they had just like not seen a lot of action movies because they seemed genuinely like baffled when stuff happened i think the action in this marvel movie is so refreshing oh for a marvel movie because you're you're going into it and it's like yes it is technically an action movie but how many people are going to a marvel movie for the action not many people they're going for the story and the characters yeah so it almost like it's one of the, the few marvel movies where you were like wrapped up in the action and totally. it like like hits they feel like they hurt uh-huh. you, you know where people are and then they're like sh- shot wise just taking artistic choices on how to film a fight scene yeah finally yeah i know it's taken 25 movies for them to be like you know what let's really film the action in a way that's yeah. interesting this is the second movie we've seen this year where there's a fight on a bus and yeah both of them are crazy yeah, because uh, Bob Odenkirk's nobody, mm-hmm. which maybe, well, let's not compare the two fights. No, they're just um, both crazy. But uh, so that was really fun. And to avoid some spoilers, there were some connections to previous movies. And when those happened, there were people in the theater who were literally like, what? What? That, I was kind of like that, too. Whoa, I, I wait, turned to Mike and wait. I'm like, that is that. Is that. <laughs> um, which... I mean, that's part of the fun of these movies, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember when uh, Avengers Endgame came out and David Sims, uh, I think in his article on the movie, was kind of saying how, like, these movies are so, like, their appeal is so massive that things like Easter eggs and references to other movies almost aren't even Easter eggs because we're all so familiar with it. We all get excited by it. It's yeah. not like only this fan, like yeah, a small yeah, yeah. group gets yeah. it. I think that's what he said. And and I like that about this universe. Yeah, me Sometimes too. that stuff is distracting, but it's like they've earned it. And so, you know, stuff like the Hulk villain showing up, which is in the trailer, so that's not a spoiler. Uh-huh. We'll get into it because you forgot, and that's okay. Which, like from... The Incredible Hulk. The villain of that movie was the guy with uh, Wong. What? Who? What? We'll get it. What are you it. talking? <laughs> oh, okay, but it doesn't. That character doesn't look the same. No, they redesigned it. This character looked like a swamp monster. Yeah, because it was like it almost looked like a monster from Space Jam, the one of the monsters. <laughs> it kind of looked like. Well, so I'll explain this. Yeah, like I'm gonna catch that one. Well, I did tell you before the movie came out, no, but that's you, okay. Oh, I did. okay, like months ago? Yeah, when the trailer came out. Yeah, but because I'm paying attention to all of that. I said it's okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Abomination is that villain's name. It's the Tim Roth character. They don't in, say it in the movie, though, right? I don't remember. Like, they, but I mean, like, they don't, like, call it the Abomination. No, but it is for but, sure. But it is, I, yeah, yeah. But uh, in the comics, he looks more amphibious. Oh, and Cool. In the Incredible Hulk, you'll remember he's just kind of like a gray, goopy, I thought it was purple, spiky. No, Maybe he's the, gray. The gamma stuff was purple. I think gamma's it's always green, baby. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> he's uh, he's kind of like gray and spiky. Yeah. And it's Tim Roth again, and um, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to jog because I could tell you were not tracking, but they redesigned him because they're like, let's make him look cool. Yeah. <laughs> but he kind of looked like. Like he just looked very humanoid. Yeah, but he had the cool like uh, what is it like the what's that monster called the f- the fish the black lagoon? He kind of has a creature from the black lagoon look to him. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, but let's talk about the movie now and who made it. 
So the movie's directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. I forgot to look up pronunciations. Um, he's the director of Just Mercy, Short Term 12, The Glass Castle. Oh, okay. He's a big Brie Larson guy. But he doesn't get Brie. He does. Well, yeah, okay, fine, for a post credit scene. Screenplay is by Dave Callahan. Um, oh, wait, no, I believe it's Dave Callahan. Uh, because we talked about him, because he did the screenplay for a movie you and I love that everybody else hates, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Um, And then the screenplay is also the director and Andrew Lenham, who has written all of this guy's movies. Okay. Uh, The story is Dave and Dustin again. Dustin Um, or Destin? You said Destin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, The cinematography is William Pope. And oh, they got a pope! They got a pope! Wow! So this is a big guy. Going back to Godfather, and the next episode is going to come out. A lot of blood popes, and we're <laughs> keeping it consistent with having a pope in this one. <laughs> so <laughs> William Pope did the cinematography. Now this guy, it was smart of them to hire because this is the guy who's done. Oh, I don't know a a movie famous for the martial arts that kind of revolutionized action movies that came out in 1999 called The Matrix. Okay. He did another movie called Spider-Man 2, which has great action sequences. Like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Okay. He did a movie called Baby Driver, which has crazy action sequences. He did another one called Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I'm listening. So this guy knows how to film action. Yes. And so, and style very stylistically because all of those movies are very different. Very different. So, uh, and that's that's just a couple that I picked. I cherry picked those. Okay. Um, but he's a great cinematographer. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. No wonder I liked how good this movie looked. I think that definitely the, just those few movies that you mentioned speak to how well the person com- that person works with a director. Yeah. Because I wonder for like. Some action stuff with Matrix. Is it Matrix 1 with the bullet thing? Yeah, the, yep. And I know that's FX. I know. But like... For, well, they do set up cameras. Right, There's, yeah. So yeah. it is like, you know, the the Wachowskis are telling him, like, this is what we want to do. And the person's like, okay, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, and, all, and like, you know, these Edgar Wright movies, Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim, are very... They are not standard movies. No. So you have to be very creative. So. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a great, great addition to yeah. the American Film Institute. Yeah. Um, the music is by Joel P. West, and he's done all of... Wonderful job, Joel. I you know. did it, buddy. It's he, a good th- score. This is like... This is like probably two or three best Marvel. Easy. Yeah. It was so good. I hardly... Ever, maybe, maybe this is the first time ever while I'm watching it, think the score is really good in this movie. And the soundtrack, the songs yeah. they chose, I was like, heck yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I think I would maybe put the Black Panther score above it, maybe. Um, and I might put Avengers Endgame above it, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But this one's two or three, easy. I mean, I, I was working the day after we watched this movie and I just pulled it up and I was just listening to the score and I was like, Dang, this is good. Yeah. This is so good. So keep that guy on your radar. He's done all of Destin's movies, and he also did one episode of Chef's Table. So, Okay. 
Which one? I don't know. Kidding. But he's he's done some scores, but I from from my notes and stuff, I feel like he's kind of like like this will probably be a big break for him, and then maybe he'll start Great. slinging Great. out a lot of scores. Yeah. So, um, the movie comes out last Friday, September third, twenty twenty one. It has a budget of $150 million. Now, I got to do a little bit of, of uh, table setting here. If you recall, because of COVID, Black Widow did the, they, they streamed, you could buy the movie for $30 or rent it and watch it at home. Do you have access of all the time once you do the $30 thing? I think you do until it is and, out, I think. And, until it's like out of theaters or whatever? Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so you could, you know, do that for $30, watch it, or you could go to the theaters. Now, since then, you know, Scarlett Johansson is mm-hmm. currently suing Disney because there was a breach of contract. Go Scarlett. We hope you win. And so they said, we're coming out with this movie just in theaters. Now, we're still at a weird time. There's some variants of COVID that are happening. What's the box office going to be like? Well... Labor Day is famously a terrible box office weekend. So going into this this weekend, people were saying, like, this will break the record for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a matter of how much it'd break the record. So the previous old three-day record was Rob Zombie's Halloween with $26.3 yeah. million. Okay. This movie, domestically, just talking domestically, made $71.4 million in three days. Okay, that's pretty good. And if you'll remember, in Black Widow, I think that movie made like, I want to say it was like 60 for its three-day, and then it made like $40 million online. So this movie is it, this movie comparably made as much as Black Widow with no Disney. Yeah, that's great. In theaters. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so... um. It approximately made $90 million for its four-day total, and then approximately all of this stuff's going to change. You know, We're still in the opening weekend, basically. It's already made about $146 million. So it's made its money back, close to it. Um, and that's the box office rundown. Okay. So here is the other thing. And what, what's fun is, see, maybe I am having Rusty with the with the – the training wheels on the podcasting. I'm trying to say so many things at once. But if you remember, when Iron Man came out, he was a B-rate Marvel character. Yeah. People knew who he was, but not the general public. Shang-Chi is probably more like a C, maybe even a D. When did this character when was this character created? This character was created in the 70s. Okay. And what's also something to acknowledge, and I don't know the full history of it. But there was this character, um, I don't remember uh, who who made it or for what company, but they made this character named Fu Manchu, okay. a white person, very uh, stereotypical racist caricature yeah. um, that this person came up with because they were like contacting a Ouija board and it said Chinaman as something that they should what? create. That's a true story. <laughs> That's a true story. And so they made this character, this fictional character, and- I apologize for saying that slur, but I'm just illustrating yeah. what happened. Um, that's a racist Ouija board, I'll tell you what. Yeah. But demons aren't well, necessarily, they ta- yeah. they're not necessarily uh, uh, very 
very uh, woke. We'll put it that uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so he makes his character, and then uh, someone somewhere along the line pitches the character to Marvel in the seventies, and they come up with a character that would be the son of Fu Manchu, um, Shang Chi. Okay, and. Over the years, you know, he's never been that popular, but he has been a good old-fashioned, stereotypical, written by white people. Yeah. You know, like borderline racist character. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure there's still some good stories in there and stuff. Um, but that's another thing where it's like you're gonna try and make some, you know, yeah, this character a thing. Um, currently, they do have an Asian American writer that's writing mm-hmm. the comics and they're kind of like in the process of trying to reclaim the character cool. for Asian Americans. Yeah. Um and you know like the character of Fu Manchu is doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. They've changed it to Mandarin and it's, you know, more like this character we see in this movie. Yeah. But even so, for this movie, you know, the director and the writers and um Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Um he was talking about how they basically were able to just kind of rewrite the origins of this character. Yeah. Because they didn't they wanted to create a character that wasn't like just a martial arts kung fu master that's in America that kicks butt. They want him to be a real person that you can relate to, whether yeah. you're white, Asian, black, whatever. You know, cuz that's that's a lot of times where a lot of racist things come in is when you think that a group of people is just a thing instead mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. I think they accomplished that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the history of that character. And Stan Lee originally tried to do some sort of project with Shang-Chi in the 80s. Wow. And it would have, he was hoping for it to star Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce yeah. Lee. Um, and then later on, the director of Blade, Stephen Norrington, he signs on to direct the hands of Shang-Chi um, in like the late 90s, early 2000s, but is later replaced by Yoon Woo Ping, our guy from Master... Master Z? Master Z. Okay. And the choreographer for Kill Bill, which we're talking about on our Patreon this month. Uh, so he signs on to direct it in 2004, and then the rights relapse. They okay. go to Marvel... And then in 2005, one of the guys from Sony, Avi Ahred, is like, okay, we're making this movie. Um, and then, of course, they don't make the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but then the... But te- it's in their back pocket. That's probably what they yeah. thought about for many years. Exactly. When they were formulating this universe. Yes. Um, but Avi is not necessarily... He has some producing credits on, I think, Incredible Hulk and I think Iron Man, but none of the others. Because he's oh, Sony. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he might have the Spider-Mans as well. But um, but then the Ten Rings, the organization, is in Iron Man. Because Tony's company sells, um, like, uh, what are those called? Weapons? That's the word. Yeah. Weapons, and uh, the terrorist group, the Ten Rings, gets a hold of them. In what movie? The first one? Iron Man. Wow. Like, the first one. So it's kind of cool, because this has been in the series. Yep. So that's another cool, like, lived-in world experience. Um, and then, of course, famously in Iron Man 3, there's the actor Trevor who portrays the Mandarin. But yeah. 
that's the villain of this movie, so what's that about? Um, we'll get to that. Uh, the, the stunt coordinator of this movie is Brad Allen, who recently passed away like a month ago. Um, and he was a member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. Oh, okay. So that explains some of the coolness. Um, the movie was shut down in February, or um, it, it was shut down in March because of COVID, and it had started filming last February. So they got like a couple of weeks of filming, then they had to shut down. Then they you mean resumed. Twenty twenty. Yes, yeah, and then they resumed in July and August. Um, and then finally, let's see here. I got two more for you. Samu. He. Or I mean, it's Simu. Simu. I mean, it's S I M U. So he tweeted at Marvel like years ago and said, Hey, he said, Are we going to talk or what? <laughs> and did hashtag Shang-Chi. And he got hired to do the movie. Was there anyone else? There were some other people uh, who were trying to be Shang-Chi, but it kind of started because of that. Simu Liu. So he tweeted at Marvel. And he, he somehow got he got the job. Good for him. And then finally, um, I'm pretty sure that this is Tony Leung's first English movie. Really? But he's a Shouldn't huge, I know that? <laughs> he's a huge famous actor. But he uh, looks very familiar to me. Not he I, looks familiar to me. Well, I think he's in a couple of Ang Lee's movies. But well, that I doesn't help me. Well, I think I think he's in uh, Crouching Tiger. I believe. I never watched it. Really? I've just seen some of it, and it was awesome. We gotta watch that movie. That's a good movie. So he's in that movie? I think. Okay. But you're... Shouldn't I know? This is your job, okay? Yeah. So let's go over to actors, Jordan. So, Tony Leung, let's just see. Let's see. Let's go all the way back. He's been around since 2000, and he's in Seven Warriors, 1989. Isn't that a big movie? No, my, yeah, I, I don't know this, this I know. stuff very well. I know. It, it's like a blind spot in my film. We, we got a little better last year. And, you know, yeah. they did cite that the Ip Man movies were an inspiration behind this movie. Cool. And that's we cool. covered that series about one year ago. So that's kind of fun. We're just doing our homework. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he is in pretty much only Chinese movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know it in the mood for love seems to be a big That's one a for big him. One. That's a very I've famous I've never movie. seen that. Have you seen it? I haven't. And I think that that's a problem from what I can tell. Oh, okay. It seems like a beautiful movie. Yeah, it, what I'm looking at looks great. Two neighbors from a strong form of a strong bond after both suspect extramarital activities of their spouses. However, they agree to keep their bond platonic so as not to commit similar wrongs. That's an interesting movie. Yeah, that that's like that that's in the top two fifty, I think. So I've known oh. about that forever. Well, let's watch it, Micah. Let's watch it. Uh, he's also in Internal Affairs. Yes, we watched half of that movie, and then we were really tired, and we didn't finish it when? years ago. Years ago, yeah, because that's the movie that The Departed is based on. Based, uh, based. Oh, I based on. Based on, uh, or inspired by. Um, yeah, I don't really remember very much. And guess how we many? Must have been really tired. Guess how many movies are in that series? Whoa! Three. So it's on the table. He's also in The Grandmaster. Oh. 
He's in the Grandmaster, and he plays It Man. That's why I recognize him. Okay. Which um, we didn't watch that movie. Oh, okay. Still is it the same. His wife is in it, though. Because Donnie Yen is our Ip Man that we've covered. Oh, I thought that maybe... I can't keep anything straight anymore. Well, well I know, it, no, it's, I know it's confusing yeah. because they had some actors that were so they have like three different Ip Man series. That's why, yeah. And we covered one of them, but there's certain actors that are in multiple, and I think they even play some of the same characters. So it's very confusing. I think because one of them didn't have Donnie Yen in it at all of the series that we covered. Yeah, I'm just lost. Master on the whole Z, thing. the best one. Yeah, really good. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so Simu Liu is in Kim's Convenience, a show I've never heard of. Apparently, this... according to Dominic, awesome. Looks cute. It looks cute. I like the images. Um, he's also in Taken. Wait. The show. Oh, okay. Because I'm like looking at this poster, I'm like, that is not Liam Neeson. <laughs> you cannot fool me. He's also in Blood and Water, a show I've also never heard of. And then he's in Nor- uh, Aquafina's Nora from Queens. He's cool. in that show. Um, and then he's in some indie stuff. And just a lot of shows. Oh, he's been in Orphan Black, Dark Matter. Well, I he's think, making a big splash. I think a, a lot, lot of his stuff has been more on the side of like... Uh, like in a uh, uh, an extra, or maybe like doing some stunts on yeah. something. I believe so. Nice. This I is mean, his breakout. This is this is yeah. huge for him. Um. Okay, and then Aquafina is in Crazy Rich Asians, um, The Farewell that everyone oh, needs to see. Beautiful movie. She's also in, as I said, Aquafina's Nora from Queens. Uh, she is most recently also in Ryan, not most recently, recently in Ryan the Last Dragon. Voices in that. Um, New dragon movies, same year. Yep. She's also in Ocean's 8. I got this. Okay, no, I'm just not going to get into it. Um, but yeah, she's wonderful. I, I remember when she started, I think it was when Crazy Rich Asians came out and people were like, Aquafina's so funny. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. I haven't seen this movie. And then I think I saw her, she was in like a commercial for something that would play before movies in mm-hmm. the theater. And I'm like, who is this person? And then I saw The Farewell. So it's like before I knew that she was a funny person, I, that's... I like saw her in a very dramatic role and I was like, she is so good. And then seeing her, since then I've seen Crazy Rich Asians and other stuff where she's yeah. funny in it. And it's like, man, she's awesome. I love her. I know it's it's funny. It's always funny when you discover an actor through the thing that is like defying who they are. Yeah. You know? Because that's the same with me where I watch Aquafina and I'm like, wow, she's like amazing in this movie. Who is this person? Which is kind of like, come on, that movie came out in like 2018 and you didn't really know who Aquafina was, Micah. Oh yeah, we're in the wrong on that. <laughs> I mean, we're behind. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then watching this and Raya, and it's like, oh, she's like a wisecracker. Mm-hmm. She's very funny Mm -hmm. that like she that's her thing farewell was like her stepping out of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then um minjur zhang uh i'm probably saying that wrong but she plays jailing the sister oh yeah um she is in this movie that's it did you notice um i felt like the acting in this movie was really interesting. It was like much more naturalistic than the other Marvel movies. 
What do you mean by that? Well, th- there were some times where it was kind of like, like it didn't have the bravada that a lot of these movies have, if that makes sense. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but there was times where like Simu just seemed like someone I would run into somewhere and talk to. Like, it just felt a little more naturalistic than other movies. And this movie also just felt Marvel. so, like, there just weren't, and I know that there probably were because it is a Marvel movie, but just not really one-liners. And I don't mean jokes. Just a yeah. lot of, like, Captain America, Iron Man movies, or just, like, the the staple ones. It's very much like ABC. Blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. Like, we have to, like, here's the thing. We have to do this thing. Let's go do the thing. I, I, don't, I know I'm not explaining it well. But, no, I know but what sometimes you're it just feels kind of clunky and i yeah. guess i i do agree with you but just i was so wrapped up in the story uh-huh. it was just so well written that i didn't even like think about that yeah didn't feel as cheesy in that way and yeah. maybe if it did i just didn't care yeah like if it is um and then Fala chen plays lee the mother okay um she is in the undoing heading south the sound of the desert a, a, lo- a lot of Chinese films as well, actually, for the most part. So, yeah. Cool. And then, oh, I also wanted to just mention, so the Death Dealer, which is the guy in the mask with the little throwing yeah, knives. Yeah, very cool. Or I don't know what that weapon is called. Um, really great character design. And yeah. this wasn't, like, a big worry I had while watching the movie, but I just, it was, like, a passing thought of, like, I hope it's not important who this is. He just looks cool, and I think I just like to leave it there. Yeah, they, like they like did. this is your mother or something. Yeah, like that. they're just like, like well, I mean that's what Black Widow had, and that, that it was fine. Like it made yeah. sense in the story that that it like mattered who it was, but this was just like, eh. yeah, this is great. I love it. Um, th- that character is played by Andy Lay, um, who is like a stunt person. So it was also just cool to like know that they casted a, a stunt person for that role. Yeah, instead of like gotta be someone everyone knows because i but be i think because it wasn't a really important character wise it's just like well let's put someone who knows how to use their body yeah for stunts in this it was great um that is about it well could you tell me the i think they said he was croatian Okay, Flo- well, they said romanian romanian his name's florian montanu that's the guy with the sword arm whoa Hit me with that name again. Florian Muntanu. Wow. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. That is cool. I, it doesn't say where he's from, if that's what you're asking. No, his I was IMDb. asking what his movies were. Oh, he's in Creed 2. He plays Victor Drago. Oh, okay. Is that like the Russian son or something? That's the Russian son, yeah. Okay. So I've seen him. Okay, that's that's good enough for me. That's really all he's in. That and then Bo- Bogat, Bogat. Bob's Burgers is what you're trying to say? Yeah, he he's Bob. He's Bob. Yeah. Um, that looks like a, probably a, oh, it's a, a short, an action short. Okay. And then he's going to be in Borderlands next year. Oh, okay. That's a video game. Yeah. Wow. I mean, They got that's... Jack Black already for that and Kate Blanchett. Wow. And Kevin Hart. <laughs> and Jamie wow. Lee Curtis. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, Eli Roth is directing that. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe. It's interesting to me. Um, I guess yeah. No, it's definitely interesting. I just don't. I don't know if that qualifies for quality. Well, isn't it kind of like most of the time, video game adaptations just don't work. So yeah. 
Sounds like they got an interesting start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it. Of course, there are more people, but those are the real highlights. Yes. Yes. As is the case with many of these movies. So before we get into spoilers, should we talk? A, let's. I mean, I guess you can tell that we really liked this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. When the movie finished, I, I hope I'm not embarrassing you, Jordan, but Jordan turned to me and she said, so that was pretty much a perfect movie, right? <laughs> so if you are listening to this and you are wondering what our opinions are, but you haven't seen it yet, you were just tuning into the first half and then you'll listen to the second half later, it's good. It's really good. I just have no... Com- I mean, there are, it's, there are like a, cu- a little little things. There's some stuff that like I'm going to complain it, about just later. Interesting. No, nothing story-wise. Story-wise, it is tight as a drum. This is yeah. a very like good story. Uh-huh. And I am always a sucker for family stuff. Yeah. So keeping it in the family kind of stuff. I also just love in... It's it's a big point in this movie, but I feel like it's just a, it's a it's a big thing in Chinese culture that I've just seen in other movies mm-hmm. that I just appreciate and just don't think that that's this is part of American culture, which is like kind of sad to me. Where in America, it's all about being an individual and who you are and what are oh, you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. And like not, but in from what I've seen in movies, like in, in Chinese culture it is about who your family is and what that means about who you are when in america it's like it's what you do is who you are but from what i've seen in movies in chinese culture well, it's i think like, that is the culture yeah i think that's yeah okay where to say. it's just it matters who your family is and you need to honor that legacy or that's your burden yeah and i think the movie does that very well and it's yeah. just very clear and i always love stuff like that me too me too yeah i my little before we get into it is like as far as Marvel goes, I mean, obviously I put it in in like the higher tier. Um, I think it's really, really great. I think the choreography and martial arts was awesome. I mean, of course you could probably be like, but have you seen this Jackie Chan movie or that? Or or even Ip Man or stuff. There's better stuff, but Oh, I'm not saying it's like anything comparable like to something that's better than that but but it's it's certainly i will say this with certainty this is the most distinct action marvel movie of all of them and on top of that they spend many seconds showing dragons fight where none of the characters can do a thing and are not involved and that just felt good that because yeah. you usually it is just like what can the superhero do and how are they affecting things they have to be in every shot and it, this is just like this is who shang chi is this is what he has to do and confront uh-huh. but he's really not the biggest part of the story like 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 he is in a world where there are things bigger than him and i think that's kind of like the point where yeah. he has to face these things and then we get several darn seconds of dragons fighting and and this was a very rare occasion for me where I went to a modern blockbuster movie and at some point in the movie, someone describes a possible evil that will be unleashed into the world. And we see some visuals of what that might look like. And many times when I see that, I go, you know, I've seen movies. Yeah. I know it's going to come out at some point and they're going to have to fight the thing and then they'll put it back and it'll be fine. And when I saw the potential of what this creature could look like or this thing, I don't want to spoil 
I I put my hands up in the theaters and I did a like come to papa motion because I was like that looks cool and Micah needs to see that. There thing. are a lot of amazing creatures in this movie because of the, the huge fantasy element. I mean, watch the the movie for the creatures alone, people. There is a little creature who doesn't have a face, and yet it's still adorable. Yeah. So that's our thing. So let's do good old-fashioned spoiler alert. Micah, hit it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, so now that we're on the other side of the spoiler alert, we can talk. We can say this movie was horrible, right, Jordan? Oh, it sucked. It was the it was worst. Bad. No. So the movie begins. And right away, the score like swells. And we're getting a nice other score. And we're just having this narration. And something that I appreciated a lot is they only spoke English when it made sense for the character to speak in English. Yeah. Even though this is a movie that's going to have a lot of American kids at it, they did not try to... I mean, maybe someone would have a different opinion. I didn't feel like they tried to pander to the English-speaking audience because the first, like, 20 minutes of this movie, until Shang-Chi is introduced, it's none of... There's no English spoken. Yeah. And that's, like, not 20. That's probably more like 8 to 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was kind of thrilled by that, I will Very say. Cool. And so... We're going along, we're hearing this woman speaking, and she's describing the legend of the Ten Rings. I thought it was the dad. No, definitely then not. Then who is it? I believe it's... Uh, the I, mom? I think it's the aunt. I think it's Michelle Yeoh who is really? talking. I believe Are you sure? so. No, I'm saying doesn't I believe it, so. Doesn't but it at one point cross, though, and he's narrating? It might. Wow. Well, now oh, I just no, want to no. I think it's him. No, no, it's definitely the mom because uh, it cuts to her talking to Shang, and he oh. she's telling him the legend of the Ten Rings. I thought he did it at one point, though. I, because because the interesting... what I, The only reason it's, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. bugging me is because the fir- one of the first things that's said in the movie is it is believed that the the rings... Like, there, there are different, many different legends explaining where the rings come from. Yeah. And basic and, and like what they do. So pretty much they give you really cool powers and eternal life. Mm-hmm. And I thought he said that, but maybe I'm just thinking that because we're with him, the dad. Yeah. I, he does not narrate. Yeah. Now I'm going to see this movie again. It's like bugging me that bad, <laughs> but yeah. So you see, this is like thousands of years ago. Yeah. War, also. And cool. I'm like, okay, let's go. Give me a <laughs> fellowship of the ring intro to this movie. So, um, it's the dad. What was the dad's name? I would like to know. Oh, um, win, 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 woo or. Zhu Wen Wu. But I think they say Wen Wu. Oh, I, so I got it right. Win Wu. Uh, yeah, cool. so he he is a commander of this army at this, and then he already has the ten rings because the whole like like I just said, no one yeah. knows where they're from, and even by the end of the movie, they're still trying to figure it out, and they're about to take on this other army. You see that no one's a match for him. He has eternal life. He's lived for thousands of years. Yeah, and he has created. He basically, in in many ways, owns the world. Uh-huh. Of, of what he would like to own of the world. He is immense power and he gets to a point where he hears of this ancient civilization and it's like, okay, I'm going to go conquer that. Let's find it. Let's conquer it. 
Yeah. Now, before you continue, yeah. this is a nice thing, and it's also like classic comic books, because we have only known the Ten Rings in this world as a terrorist organization that at one point was fronted by Ben Kingsley, who was an actor, Trevor. Uh, hired by Guy Pierce. Hired by Guy Pierce. So it's like, wait, you're going to bring in the Ten Rings? But but then them right here just saying, you know, there's so many legends about the Ten Rings and kind of doing a classic comic book retcon where they're like, no, 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 no. Like that other stuff, that was foolishness. That was craziness. This is the real story. Yeah. And I think it actually works really well. It didn't feel like, oh, they're taking back what they established. As a non-comic book reader, didn't know and didn't remember. Yeah. But I mean, as I'm far saying, as I'm the just world. Saying, as I'm watching it. Yeah. You didn't feel like they, they went back on things they established in the Iron Man movies or anything like no, that. No, because even later in the movie, they basically explain it if you had any issues with it when he's talking yeah. to Aquafina about, like, basically, if you're a bad guy at some point, they're going to want to put a face to the name. So they called me Mandarin. Yeah. So, like, it, and he, it seems like he, whether or not he even had control over it, it's just like it made them comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I was over here still amassing my empire and fortune. It, yeah. it didn't affect him really from what it feels like. But, so now go into this crouching tiger, hidden dragon hero type scene. Yeah. So he um fi- he he goes drives through this bamboo forest that that shifts around you, mm-hmm. and he comes up upon this little meadow with this. I think it's a cherry blossom tree. Maybe it's not. Um, and there is a a woman there who will not let him through to Tylo, which is the village. That he's trying to get to and they fight but it's just so beautiful first of all the set is perfect it looks like such a set i know like such i know a movie i love that set. Yeah. to the point where it's like oh i wish i could be there yeah and just see how it is and and it, it's it's like for sure a real set like you can just tell oh it's, it's yeah. real it's amazing yeah and it very much reminds me of hero specifically the scene with the trees and all of the falling they're jumping off and the trees blossoms. and oh well, the gold part specifically is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that the same thing? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, but they they fight, but the choreography is just so perfect that it looks like a dance. Right. Because they're basically dancing. And they're falling in love. And they're and falling you can in tell. love in this this kind of fight dancing thing. And it's just beautiful. And he's trying to use his ten rings, but she is, you know blessed with the divine power of this water dragon like their their guardian mm-hmm. of this village that like he's really no match for her but it, the the beautiful thing is it is she's not trying to like kill him she's just trying to stop him yeah um when he probably would go into that village and like pillage the whole thing and burn it to the ground um it's just great so yeah they uh, another fall in love. another thing i i loved about the movie was as we learned with watching the ip man movies and then um watching other martial arts movies recommended by amy johnston our friend (laughs) um we you know there's such an importance on like the fighting styles Mm -hmm. in all these martial arts movies where it's like you know an it man it's like wait he's gonna he's gonna teach this village wing chun which is a woman's fighting style and everyone's like challenging it man because they're like you can't fight with a woman's style but it defeats their styles yeah and that's such a that's a, a woman's style? 
Yeah. Oh. I don't remember that. It's just been a while because yeah. that is like one of the things. Oh. Like, well, a, a woman made up Wing Chun. Oh. And he's practicing it yeah. and everyone's like, Forgot. You, you fight like a girl, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I do. And then they're- Machine gun punch. Machine gun punch. And so what's cool in this movie is you can tell that uh, Win Wu is- I don't know what the styles are, but his is very forceful and intense, mm-hmm. and hers is very flowy. Mm-hmm. And of course, Shang Chi will will like learn both styles and mm-hmm. and combine them yep. at the end of the movie, and that's always cool in yes, these types of is. movies. So we see all of that. Um, do we see we see Shang Chi like uh, training? No. Or we just cut to him in Not San yet. Francisco. Yeah, so his, his parents, these are his parents. They fall in love. She le- leaves her village because the village will not accept him. So she chooses love and oh, leaves right. with him. And he also chooses to give up the Ten Rings in order to have a family. That's a little bit revealed later. Yeah. But, um, and then, yeah, then we cut to a young Shang-Chi. Um, and his mom is telling him the story. And she gives him that pendant that says, this is from Tai Lo. Tai Lo. This will, like, always guide you home. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to present day Sean. Sean and uh, he's wearing it still to this day. Yeah. And then, you know, we find out. We're in San Francisco, too. We're in San Francisco that he's a valet. And I knew when that car pulled up, I'm like, he's for sure the valet. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, because they're setting... What's it's kind of funny because this movie has the most in common with it, I think, Iron Man. Because, you know, like I said earlier, Iron Man B rate person, this is a C rate Marvel character, and they're having to like prove him to the audience just on like making a good movie. They can't yeah. rely on anything else. Yeah. And, you know, even to the fact of like a, a expensive car pulls up. And then someone comes out and you're like, hey, you know, this is like an Iron Man entrance. Like Tony yeah, Stark yeah, yeah. gets out of his car and then we see, no, 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 this isn't a story about Tony Stark throws the keys to the valet. Yeah. It feels like a commentary. Oh, I like that. Well, it's, al- it's also cool, too, because you're just th- this movie introduces you to this kid is the descendant of a father who has lived for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And his mother is from some ancient village that you just simply can't find on a map. And he's a valet. <laughs> What is going, what's the story? And when that happened, I immediately was like, okay, so we know that he like was with his mom, like just back in that last scene as a kid, but like what's happened? Why is he a valet? Is he like undercover? Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, I'm yeah. just like thinking like, or did he, did they just raise him like a normal person? And he, and like later in the movies, he going to like actualize these powers he didn't know he had. Like I had no idea. Yeah. And that was really refreshing. And uh, Aquafina is also a, a valet. Her name's Katie, who is their their best friends have been best friends for like ten years, and their chemistry is so good. They're just totally, good best totally. friends. And if in a later movie they want to make them fall in love, whatever, that's fine. But I just loved in this movie they're just best friends, and yeah. I love it. And I love just like you and I were totally platonic. Uh huh. For a long time. It was torture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And she... Yeah, so it's just so great. Like, they've been friends for so long. It's like, I know everything about him. He knows everything about me. And then you find out that's not true. Uh But um, they take the car out on a joyride. (laughs) Yeah. Which was very fun. And then does it cut to the bar? 
Yeah, because of the bar with their friends, which is a oh, great scene. Such a funny scene. So the, the basically we're seeing you know, you know, uh, uh, Sean and um, Katie. Katie are you know Arrested Development. These these people are not growing up according to the world's standards. Yeah, and so they're with their friends, and they're it's a married couple, and they've got their life put together, mm-hmm. and they're kind of saying you know you guys are immature. Well, her friends said they were talking about the story that their friend was involved in, but her husband didn't know about it. And it's like, that sounds very out of character for you. How come I've never heard about this? Yeah. And she's like, well, I just decided one day to grow up. Right. To which Aqua or Katie and Sean are like, what do you mean by that? Right. Because we're all the same age. Yeah. And it's just, that was, it's just like, just great setup of characters, especially from this person's perspective of like, well, I just decided one day that I don't want to do that stuff anymore. I want to be a professional adult. Pretty much. (laughs) And then Katie's only response is, you dress like my mom. And you kind of sound like her too now. Yeah. and so Very defensive. Yeah. Just doesn't like it. And then they go do karaoke. Sean and Katie. Go do karaoke. There's, you know, there's some funny stuff, but Mm -hmm. let's, you know, they're going and eventually they hop on a bus to go to work. Mm -hmm. And when they're on a bus, Yang Chi is attacked by, you know, minions. They want his pendant. And and this is pretty quick into the movie, which is nice. And it's this great uh, action sequence. And you can tell, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how it breaks down, but it seems like Simu was doing most of the work, if not all of the stunt work. Yeah. Because he's like jumping through bars and stuff on the bus and fighting people. And it just looked, it, di- it just didn't look fake in any way in that yeah, regard. Yeah, it looks good. Um, and Obviously, he has a background in working on stunts and stuff, so I don't know why they wouldn't do it except for, for like, an insurance policy reason or something. But I think he was doing his stunts in this movie, or the the majority of them. And so this whole bus scene, it's great. It's crazy. I do have a small complaint about it, though. Okay. And that is there's this weird uh, element to this movie where the effects in this movie, the visual effects... When it comes to creatures and when it comes to the, the the fighting and all that, it looks insane. Like those lions, the the weird bat creatures that don't have faces that are furry, amazing, the dragon. But the cars and sometimes the landscape looked so bad. Yeah, it looked weird. Like and and there were just shots I, I know that they did a lot of this bus stuff practically. Yeah. Um but there's just well, it's a, almost like they're the the lighting's just different. It's just off. Yeah. Like it's everything is almost, it's almost as if like everything's in focus or yeah. the colors are too or you bright could, outside. You, you could tell a lot of times when they were doing blue or green screen, it was pretty easy yeah. to tell. And some of that might be even like COVID breakdowns, you know, like True. not being on the same set. But there was just a lot of stuff that was sort of jarring of how bad it looked. I didn't notice it actually in this scene too much. Later on though, I did. There, with some yeah, stuff. Um, there was just a lot of times where I was like, "The bus is CG. Why?" I, I wonder if it is just COVID, though. It yeah. really just messed up their schedule, and they're like, "We got to figure this out." But then you know, I see, I see behind the scenes footage where they're like crashing buses and stuff. So I'm like, "What?" But what if something's like a reshoot? It, well, yeah, yeah. So some of that was weird, and like the bamboo forest looked awful. 
the, the like yeah i just i don't know how didn't you really do it bother but... me i think that's kind of the thing is i just the suspension of disbelief was so strong for me yeah at that point that i didn't really even notice that and i was probably too much like this forest moves so you can't get back <laughs> yeah, home yeah. that's cool so i mean you know me i liked the monster in batman versus superman yeah, which is crazy. I know. One of the worst creations. It was just like kind of a bright spot in that movie to me. Um, <laughs> Jordan liked the design of Doomsday. In I don't know what Batman I think I'm just Superman. falling you more like, and more in love with monsters. You like a goop. I, I like monsters. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> Uh, so but that being said this scene is very cool it is a great scene and it is like character wise this is when katie discovers that sean is not who she thought he was because this guy is trying to from their perspective just steal something from him and she's like back off and then sean just takes care of the whole thing and she drives the bus which is very funny and then um that was the part of the movie when the audience goes whoa to the (laughs) guy's sword arm um and then that is another just kind of like come on guys we didn't have to do this thing with the movie is the sword arm guy is just your average henchman dude with a beard yeah i don't know i don't know why they made that decision that was weird i don't know why i don't know why they i mean maybe just because they just needed a big guy but it, it just doesn't make sense I, I, he was just, um, uh, and I don't want to bl- blame the actor. You know, he was great in Creed too, but he was like so uninteresting in this movie. Well, just, it was he's like, crazy. His hairline is perfect. His beard is perfect. His skin, there's not he a just wasn't on his interesting face. to so look therefore at. Therefore, he's like, it's that whole, he's too symmetrical or something. Like, he fits that <laughs> stereotype too perfectly yeah. that it's just like, if you didn't have a sword arm, I would not remember you by the end of this movie. Well, there's that weird so there's that weird balance where say you're watching John Wick or something and you see a henchman at least put the, a tattoo on him well no so hang on you, you'll I think you'll understand what I mean by this but you'll see a henchman and if you pause the movie you go yeah that looks like a henchman not yeah. someone who has lines in this movie but then you can pause it on someone else and whether it's there's just like a certain look where it's like now that looks like someone who needs lines in this movie but it's like this guy looks like he shouldn't have any lines. No, he should be. Yeah, it, it was just. A I, I weird just think choice. his he didn't match the tone of the movie. No. Um, and and to me, like, right away, p- perfect fix. Just make the crazy person who has the mask on that character and forget about. Oh yeah, that would have been so easy, and that per character was so much more interesting to look at. Part of that character being so interesting though was they didn't talk. I don't think it, that character needed to talk. I don't think so either. Know? But it's just like. Even later on in this movie, when they're the big fight, yeah, when it gets to the point where it's like we all need to work together now, good guys and bad guys, and he has to like be convinced of it. And I just thought, why is he still alive? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. why is why does he get to keep his soul and not this cool dude with this cool mask or the we, or the bow guy, the archer? I was like bummed guy. that he died. So it just didn't make sense. Didn't work. I would like but, to know where how they got there. Having said all that, though. I mean, we're kind. I feel like I'm kind of grasping at straws for like criticism because I liked the rest of the movie so much. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna point this out because we have an hour and a half to talk about this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm having casual conversation, I'm not gonna oh, spend no. time talking about. But it is. This it needs to be said. It needs because to be said. they keep doing it in yeah. action movies, and yeah. it's just 
He just seemed Think like a little bit harder about that character. A, obligatory, like beginning of a Captain America movie. The guy you kill really quickly. Yeah. That sets up a conflict later. Yeah. That being said, we'd love to have you on the show, <laughs> Florian. Um, the bus gets cut in half. Bad guys get away, and they he jumps the pendant. from one half to the other, which I loved. That very cool. Um, yeah, and they steal the pendant, and then pretty much right away, they're like, "Yeah, we got to go to." I think it's China, right? Probably. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, I think it is China. They um, well, well, I mean. Katie is like, okay, who are you? <laughs> Before <laughs> right, that. Right, right. And Sean is saying, like, I there's no time to, you know, the kind of the class, like, like, no time to explain. I'll explain when I get back. And she's like, okay, I'm just tell like I gotta go pack first. Yeah. Just love that that friend. I just love that stuff in movies all the time where it's like, okay, yeah, we're going. And he's and like, No, 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 you were never part of it. It was nice that he wasn't like no, 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 seriously. And she had to like sneak on the plane and there was an extended like, No, and, and he that was just, like, okay, I know who you are and I know nothing I'm going to say is going to deter exactly. you. Exactly. So they're going to what he believes is his sister because he received this postcard um, with an address and he's just assuming it's his sister. Yeah. And if these bad guys came for him from his dad, he knows they're going to come for her next. Yeah. So they go they think they're going to go find her and then they find themselves in this like fight club now, an underground fight club thing a couple of fun things about it yeah one i i'm gonna guess you didn't notice this but they look and they see a fight and there's someone who has a glowing orange body yeah this is super soldier that's the iron man three specific like guy pierce people that guy pierce was making oh so i thought that was fun okay um and you're, you know, you're just seeing interesting people. Right. They should have put Howard the Duck in there. Um, and then we see Abomination from The Incredible Hulk, which is kind of, but they have had Thunderbolt Ross in these movies. Huh? Uh, uh, William Hurt in these movies. His name's Thunderbolt Ross? <laughs> yes. Do you know anything about comic books? No, that's just such a <laughs> dumb name. His, his God-given or Christian name, Thunderbolt <laughs> Okay, he was made in like 1965 or something like that. Doesn't so. make it. Does not an excuse. Th these the, are the this, dude. These are made for kids, Jordan. Call him Thunderbolt Ross. It's cool. Know. So the 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 dude that greets them off the elevator and is with them for a while, yeah. he is so good. Wait, can I finish what I was gonna no. say? No. <laughs> so Thunderbolt Ross has been in this Marvel series, but other than that, they don't really acknowledge the Incredible Hulk. I mean, of course, Hulk is in the movies, but even that, they they kind of pretend like that movie didn't happen. Yeah. And it's kind of fun, as bad as that movie is, that they said, okay, we're taking the villain from that movie, and he's still in this universe. And they're like, we acknowledge it now. Yeah. Which, again, is a classic comic thing where it's like, you know, everyone hates this run of Spider-Man or something, but then someone comes along and they figure out a way to make it fun or just kind of you know, elbow you and say, wasn't that kind of stupid? But hey, it's canon. It's fun. Um, and then what's what's Doctor Strange's guy's name? Wong. Wong. He's there and he's like training the Well, doesn't abomination. that mean that the fight was fixed? I don't potentially? know. Potentially? Potentially? Like, maybe not. But okay, but the dude that greets them, he's so funny. He's great. Yes. It, it's just a nice little salt in the dish that adds a little bit of flavor. Um <laughs> So, uh, Shang-Chi has to fight and it's going to be his sis. Yeah. And, um, 
when fight. Aquafina sees him without a shirt on, it's hilarious. Oh, it's so well. I think it's just funny when they're when the guy's like, "Yeah, take your shirt off." Uh huh. And that also just felt like a joke too. It's like yeah, it's t- it's the part of the movie where you take your shirt off. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Aquafina's she was she was very funny with that too. She was taken aback, like she'd never seen him without a shirt off. Yeah, and then. He fights his sister. It's a very quick fight. She really hands his butt to him. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that that wasn't a drawn out thing. Um, but you find out that she uh, owns this. Okay. So yeah. So Wong and Abomination, they go back off to. I don't know where. Their place to continue. Well, he's like, we got to continue training. And well, it's like, why? What? Yes, yes. And then. But but also, like, who, who just made a ton of money? Was it you, Wong? Because you knew what was going to happen in this? Like the, like, that's oh, the why character, like not the actor. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Like, like, is it fixed? Yeah. Like, shouldn't it's just funny? It's funny. <laughs> I, I think it's, um, it's cool too because Wong has been such a fun character in this universe, and to see him do something this strange is just kind of like, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. And I, I love that about the character where it's like, you never know what this guy's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, another kind of thing to point out is, um. With this and then and then the the post credit scene that had Bruce Banner, yeah, not the Hulk anymore with a arm in a sling, yeah, which we have no idea why that's the case, and um, that's why people were freaking out because I yes. feel like there were people having a big reaction. Oh yeah, our audience was. Very I just much didn't remember out. that the last time we saw him, he was Hulk, and he could not be Hulk. Oh, when I saw, it, I was like, wait, what? That was what was going in my head. But they are coming out with She Hulk, another show on Marvel Plus. I mean. Disney Plus, Who's and so that Tatiana Maslany is playing. Whoa, cool! G-Hulk. Um, and Tim Roth is signed on for the show. So I think this movie is setting up a couple of threads that will be paid off in that show. But that's kind of an issue I have now with Disney Plus. Yes, is post credit scenes are they movie related or show related? <laughs> well, and then same with the show. Yeah, is it movie related or show related? Well, and I do think these post-credit scenes, they just served, they actually felt kind of contained. Because mm-hmm. the one post-credit scene is them saying, it's Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner saying, hey, your life's never going it, to, like, it's never going to be what it was. You're pretty much an Avenger now. Get used to it. And yeah. then the other scene is like his sister. So it's kind of just like wrapping up this movie in yeah. a nice way. But as far as like visual stuff i i do see what you mean where it's like wait i have to remember that the hulk was yeah like that the first postcard scene is like a good reminder that it is a marvel movie because that is like the whole like we were we're aware of what you were doing or we're aware that yeah. you exist now because most of the movie there's nothing else like that right the whole movie there's nothing else like that like wong even being in it he was he didn't witness anything right that we know of also there was a fun uh a fun little nod where when Chong was walking into somewhere. There was a there was a little poster that said, "Have post blip anxiety. You're not alone. Call like this number, or whatever." And did either of them talk about cool. being blipped? I don't believe they did. I don't think so either. I'm just curious. Yeah. So, okay. So he fights his sister. She's very like, "You left when I was young. I don't like you. Go away." You oh, yeah, we we skipped over the fact that we did get some backstory on him. Uh, right. When he was telling Katie that his father trained him to be a fighter. So when his mom died, and that's kind of like, wait, his mom died part of the movie. Um, his father trained him to be like his best assassin 
And then when he was like 14, I think, that was his first assignment. And he tells Katie that he didn't do it. And he just ran away. Yeah. One hilarious thing about this movie, though, is he is 20 years old. Oh, yeah. That's impossible. They make that very clear. Is he really supposed to be 20? Well, because they they say you left when he was 14 and he left and I haven't seen him for six years. They say that like four times. So he's supposed to be 20 years old. I don't think that's true. I, I think that. No, no. Jordan, I know, I'm telling I know, you. I know, but I'm just trying to figure out if the way that that's not true. The actor's got to be like 33, right? He's like... He's probably 50. He looks um, a lot older than so you and she, I. But the sister says at one point, I stopped worrying about it when I turned 20. And then later on, she says that she escaped home at 16. So it really could be any time in between then, right? It, I'm pretty sure they, uh, they say that he's 20. He can't be 20. Yeah, he's he was born in 1989, so... The actor? Yeah, the actor. So he's uh, 30 or 31. That was he's pre- got to be older than 20. That's just ridiculous. You can't even tell me that Aquafina's 20. No. Because she's not. No. I'm pretty... I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Mike Combs is going <laughs> to text me and be like, actually, in the mo- or my sister, and they'll be like... I actually would like... I would, I would like, like that. So <laughs> please let us know. For, for once, I'd like to know. Um, <laughs> so... Um, he, uh, he ran from home and that's when he ended up in San Francisco, became best friends with Katie and the story until now. So, um, he's with his sister and she is saying that she's pretty much resented him the whole time. Yep. And it's, it's interesting that she ran away from home and her response, Sean's response was to just hide. Her response is I'm going to hide, but I'm going to create an empire while I do it. Yeah. Very much like her dad of creating an empire, which is kind of like that last post credit scene made a lot of sense to me. And mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Um, so, and I hope they pull that thread later in a me movie. Too. Cause I'm like, what does I, that I'm mean? like, I know she's a good guy, but this seems a little, uh, dark the yes. way, the way it was shot and seeing how intense it was and the costumes and stuff. It's like, maybe she's a good guy or maybe she's going to be well, kind of like sometimes good, sometimes bad. Well, remember Sean said that she went back to the compound to shut down operations and that post credit scene, nothing's getting shut down there. Yeah. If anything, she is she is letting girls train because the whole thing was she was not allowed to train. Yeah. Because she was a girl and she trained herself. Um, so Wan Wu's their their dad's people show up and they're running from him. A really cool scaffolding scene, action scene of fighting. Yeah. That I thought looked really cool. Um I think it was a little dark. Yeah. Visual like I think it It'd be cool if they had, Brightened it had a some bit. more, but there were some, t- some points where it, it was cool. Like when he was not on the scaffolding, but like with that open window fighting the mask dude yeah. and that big ad behind him was flashing. That was Yeah. Cool. That was like the neon colors and stuff. But yeah, that's that. I like that scene. It's cool. And it's, it's kind of fun that like Aquafina, the sister and Shang all get captured. Yeah. And then they're at, uh, uh, Winwu's place, mm. and it's it, it it was very refreshing that he was just kind of like, so here's the deal: your mother is calling out to me. Um, I'm gonna go get her. I need your help. He's not really talking to the daughter that much. He's pretty much just like, I know. He's, I need he's your hardly help. acknowledging her, which is great. Great. Um, yeah, we don't we we don't like that. <laughs> no, I mean great. I, I in know. The movie. I know. Um, so he's. He's doing that, and then the movie's like, like the 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 three characters that are not him are just kind of like, okay, this is the situation we have to figure out. The situation, 
I don't, I don't know. There was such a... It did feel familial, weirdly enough, like more than other scenes like this have felt. Of him talk, like saying what needs to be done and then trying to figure it out. Yeah, and their reactions to it and stuff. It felt like, you know, I could juxtapose it with the Black Widow scene where they're all a family and it's just kind of like, this is like a oh. scene where you're supposed to like yuck it up. But this felt more real. I, I like the scene a lot well, more. Well, yeah, it, it felt like, you know, he captures them, but th- I don't feel like they're prisoners until they're literally thrown in a prison. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it feels like like he is, he, he is including them, them in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and that that's, he gets into the family stuff a little bit more because he, he asks Katie what her Chinese name is. And that's when he kind of goes off about how important that is to know. Yeah. Because like, it means who you are as a person is mm-hmm. your, is your, is that name, um, which becomes a huge theme of the movie. Um, and then the, he starts talking a little bit more about, you know, he's been around for so long and, like he he's terrorized so many civilizations that at a point one of them needed to give a face to it or a name yeah and they did the mandarin and i I like that he like makes a point to point out like they were so scared of me they named me after chicken like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. an orange chicken and, and it's kind of like i feel like that's also kind of a a correction of like just the history of marvel comics with this character yeah. kind of being like you know, these people didn't understand this culture at all and tried to make stuff up about it. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that he's saying. I think especially, and, and he's he says those stuff as if he's not even offended. It's just like, that's their way to cope with it. Those yeah. small little people <laughs> yeah, over there. Yeah. When the whole time I was still just having my empire and conquering and having power. It yeah. didn't affect me. And then even when, because, you know, he's like basically, and I, at this point when he says the Mandarin, I did not remember Iron Man 3. But yeah. that you know that's what he's referencing, and of course, at the end of that movie, bad guy doesn't win, mm-hmm. and he does not seem to be affected by any of the thing that happened in that movie. Yeah, that we know of. It was like a rogue, just them like hi- they basically Guy Pierce from from the story of this movie hijacked just that scary idea yes. and used it for his purposes. Yeah, which, which I think cool. is cool because it doesn't. I, I don't feel like it undermines the stuff that I loved about Iron Man 3, because I love that whole reveal that Ben Kingsley is not the Mandarin. I think it's one of the best moments in the whole series. I feel like now, because fans hated that. They got so upset. We talked about that in our Iron Man 3 episode. I feel like now people will revisit that movie and they won't feel that way anymore. I know. Um, And it's like, well, we were ahead of the curve on that one. Way to go Marvel to just straight up put Ben Kingsley in this movie. I know. So let's talk about Ben Kingsley. So they're they're thrown in this prison, or they're they're locked away because they there's the cool to help water dad. map and all that stuff. That's but, when, yeah. yeah, very cool water part. But they're put in this like prison cell, and then they they walk <laughs> into the back of it, and there's Ben Kingsley that apparently I swore that there was effects going on with him. I don't think so. I really don't. I just think don't so. think he's that he's, small. Of a he's person. a very small man. He's a very small man. Okay. Well, I think maybe his wig made his, his head look really was, big. His wig was so bad. And okay, it was on okay. purpose. I mean, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, supposed yeah. to look okay. bad. It was hilarious. And he's, you know, what I what I loved about this character in Iron Man 3 is like how much, I mean, that, that moment in Iron Man 3 where he finally gets into the compound and who we believe to be the Mandarin walks out and he says, whoo, 
<laughs> like I would not go in there because he just like farted in the bathroom. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. And he's keeping that energy in this movie. Yeah. And you know what's cool? I didn't realize this, but that is Shane Black made up that character. That is not yeah. a comic book character. There's Very no cool. Trevor whatever Slatery. Trevor Slatery. It's all. How did they get there for this movie to bring him back? Well, I'm sure great. it was kind of easy because they were like. No, but like just to think of it, like yeah. it's just that's so interesting. And um. So the so this is to remind me of how this goes though. He plays the Mandarin, and then it's found out that. The, the Mandarin doesn't exist. Uh -huh. So he is just this actor now who committed a heinous <laughs> yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> Who just thought he had a great gig. Yeah, and was put in prison for it. Yeah. And so then Wan Wu broke him out. Why? Well, they, they said something. I had to catch it again, but yeah. they said something about how, like, oh, I think they broke him out to kill him for impersonating him. That's... Yeah, and then yeah, he, it he was like, like quoted Hamlet or something, and they all Macbeth. Macbeth. He, he started performing Macbeth. They couldn't get enough of it, yeah. so now he's like their jester, <laughs> which is like so stupid. But I'm so okay with that I explanation. And so he's their jester, but he has this friend, and Jordan like she perked up in her seat, and and kind of like I think you even looked at me, kind of like wait what? This little furry creature that has. Kind of like small dragon wings almost. No, they're like bird wings. Oh, they're like, yeah, you're right. At they're first like I thought it was moth-like, but it's definitely bird-like. He jumps up on him, and he's a creature that has no face. His name's Morris. His name's Morris, and... Ben Ke oh, it's, uh, he can just such talk a funny joke, though, oh, yeah. where it ambles out, and they're all like, ugh. And then Ben Keith is like, you see him? You see him? He's right... Oh, I thought I was imagining it the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> So then this creature is from the place Talo. where Talo. And so it can help them get there before Winwoo gets there. Yes. So they go on this adventure with Ben Kingsley. And I had seen a picture from the premiere where Ben Kingsley was at the premiere. And of did the you movie. just think, fun? Well, everyone who was on the picture was like, is he in this movie? So it was like, oh, yeah, that would make sense that he's in the movie. I had forgotten by the time he was in the movie, but when he showed up, I was not surprised. Okay. Um, but he, you know, they're going through, they're navigating this maze in the car. It's very funny. Well, the very funny moment before they go, they're just sitting there. And you're thinking, why are they just sitting here? And that's when Ben Kingsley oh, is yeah, telling yeah. him about when he wanted to become an actor. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's always just funnier to see it in the movie, but it's just great. It's just a great joke. Oh, and you're not going to tell it. Well, he he just he saw it with his mom, and he said, "Mom, how do they get the monkeys to do He's that?" He's not Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, sorry. And she says, "Oh no, no, they're actors. They're pretending." No, she said, "Um, how do they?" No, 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 no. No, he says, "How do they get the monkeys to do that?" And he, she said, "Acting." And then he was like, "I still to this day can't figure out how they got like how those monkeys acted so well." Yeah, and then <laughs> I think Sean's like, "Well." How could they get monkeys to ride horses? I don't know either. I still <laughs> yeah, can't yeah, figure yeah, it yeah. out. <laughs> it's just so good. They just really like sit with the comedy in some of it. Yeah. It's great. It's it's great. And then and then kind of like mid conversation, he's like, "Oh, he's more says to go right now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I know, I know. Then they take off. They go. They navigate. They eventually show up in Tallow. And the people are there. They know. You know. They know there's now, an intruder. Now we have to pause everything. Because we see lions. 
Yeah. Two large lions. But and not they just have lions. They're, they're like, like fan- the Chinese like lion drawing. Yeah. But they're not drawings. These are real. Yeah. They look creatures. So good. They come in they gray. They come in the blonde. Cool. They got these awesome fangs. Yeah. I mean, it's like, give me another. Okay, yeah. give me another. You you know what? I would I would actually put this as a very weird complaint on the movie. But Too distracting. I don't think there was quite enough creatures. Okay. Because it just felt like they they almost like like it needed like twenty percent more. They had those crazy dragon zebra horse things. They did. They did. But it was like they drove through that area and then they drove through the area again and everything was kind of in the same spot and stuff. And it was like, no, no, no. They had firebirds. I know. But we needed like ten more creatures. Okay. And I think then it would have felt like a complete like tapestry ecosystem. I needed to see some bugs. I needed to see a couple of things fly overhead, which we had a couple of those, but I needed a little more. I got to say, I disagree with you. I think it was the tip of the iceberg of this ecosystem well, that we will never be able to understand because it's that magical. And there are, there's a water dragon. And then not only that, they have creepy crawly bad monsters stored in a cave. Yeah. Well, like I said. They got quite the diverse ecosystem here. It's a weird complaint. Yeah. But my, comp- my complaint is I want more. That's what you should feel, though. I know. So but what? What I wanted, like, it gets close. It gets close. But I wanted, like, the you pull up to the Moss Eisley Katina in Star Wars, and you go, and you, the camera pans, and you see, you know, every single seat is a different creature, and you're like, what is this movie? The first time you see it, you're just seeing like fifty aliens in three this shots. Back to Star Wars, doesn't it? Well, I'm just saying we needed a little bit more. Anyway, but hey. I'm sure they're going to make a second one. And maybe it'll be like Shang-Chi and the legend of the crazy creatures. And just make a Disney Plus show about it. But it, but it is a, a planet Earth. No, it needs to be a movie. I need to see that on the big screen, baby. <laughs> no, I, no, it's a planet Earth special release in theaters. <laughs> um, narrated <laughs> by David Attenborough. Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is when we are introduced We're to fun guys. Margaret Yo. Michelle Yeoh, yeah. Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Jeez. Margaret. I don't know. So, um, yeah, so the, the villagers don't want them in. They're they're bracing themselves to attack. Michelle Yeoh comes, stops them. Like, yeah. do you have, have you forgotten your own people kind of thing? Maybe I do like this more than Black Panther. She is their aunt. So, um, And she's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which is strange. As a different character. But... I can always use more Michelle Yeoh, so uh, I'm I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. She's so good. She's great. So she welcomes them into the village, and it's just this crazy thing where it's like, we have an aunt. Holy crap. Tell us about her mom, yeah. because we've missed her for 10 plus years. So she is explaining just a lot of this culture that they were never part of. I know that I'm, that is a big, just... Well, I mean, yeah, we're not going to break down everything. But she there I guess there is that that monologue where she is taking them through that like relief, the the mural thing. Yeah, talking of, about the creature. The monsters have come out. This dragon seals them away. The the dragon that's their great protector. And that's when I put my hands up and I said come to papa. Yeah. Miki needs more. Very cool. And so she says from time to time 
this voice calls people here. Yeah. And it's not who they think it is. It is they're being tempted to release this monster. Yeah. That is the Eater of Souls. Yeah, I want to see the Eater of Souls. Okay. So, um And it's like a it's like carved wood. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, it looked really nice. Um and she, so it, I think it's cool too. They they get to a point where a little bit specific things about this village it seems you know like everyone's a a warrior to some degree everyone is trained equally yeah which is a big thing for the sister because she was excluded from that um and then all of their weapons and armor are made of dragon scales yeah cool very cool and then um they just this this is just i just love that they did this so you have this character katie who's been around for the whole ride and she is not super not crazy at anything and they let her be a warrior. Uh-huh. I just love it. Yeah. And you mentioned like this this is like what they can't do with Cat Dennings and Thor. Yeah. Partly the issue, in my opinion, is Cat Dennings. Well, I, I think like like what Aquafina is doing in this movie, I don't wanna I don't wanna understate how good her performance is because this performance being the being the wisecrack person and and being like sometimes kind of annoying and stuff it is so it's it's like you're on a needle mm-hmm. and if you tip to one side it sucks yeah and i think it helps that she has some really fun and empowering things to do mm-hmm. toward the end of the movie well she has her own thing because her and Sean together at the beginning of this movie are aimless they're just looking for a good time yeah and she gets to this point in the movie and the woman, this woman takes her to the archery area and says, you aim at nothing. You don't know, you, you hit nothing if you aim at nothing. Yeah. And I love that. So it's Me like, too. cool. She's getting a purpose because yeah. she's just doing her whole funny thing where she's like, yeah, I'm like, when I get into something, I really get into it. And once I get even a little bit good at it, I go to the next thing. I just am so aimless. It's so cool that you guys all have your own specific thing. Uh-huh. And this woman doesn't say a word that whole time, takes her to this place, gives her a bow and arrow and says that thing. Yeah. Leaves. Beautiful. And and I yeah, I just feel like that is that's great. And and the to go circle back to the cat Den- Dennings thing is I guess it, there's no character development for her. I well, there probably is a little bit, but it's just like when she's on screen, she's just to tell some joke about like a hunky character. I am fairly confident that they didn't spend enough time <laughs> to give her character development. I was I was so bummed when she showed up in WandaVision. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows what she was better happen. in that than in the Thor movies. She was better. But I think it's because they gave us more time with her. Yeah. Which is what I don't want. But at least they did something. <laughs> um yeah. So then Tony shows up. That's the actor name, Winwoo. But he shows up. And they've kind of trained a little bit, but not, you know, they haven't had much time. They've had like 2 days or whatever. And he's like, "I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to take care of my wife." Oh, well, are you really going to join these traders? It is important to note that before that, he uh Shang-Chi had a moment with his aunt where she trained him a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how the, his mother was trained and how the people here are trained. Um, and she you can is kind of control the elements a little bit once yeah, he gets a hold and of she that. She says something really great about just family in general and how like you do carry whatever your, your ancestors have done with you. Mm-hmm. But it also, I, I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's just a really beautiful thing of like, you do carry these things with you, but you have to let them go or you have to like, con- no, you have to confront them. 
Uh-huh. You have to face them, not run from them, which is just what he's done. And then there is that flashback of him. Um, I think he's like a kid again. And you find out that he, when his dad did send him on that hit, it was to kill the guy who killed his mom. That's when we find out how his mom died. Yes. His mom died because all of these guys who were wronged by their dad were getting him back. And she was the only one there. And she did not have the protect, the power of her great protector. So she was just beaten to death. And and so what's great about this is this inspires Win Wu because he says, she said, if I got rid of the rings, I could live a normal life. But because I got rid of them, I wasn't able to protect her. So I put them back on. Yeah. Love that. And, and he, then it yeah. inspires Shang-Chi in a different way. Yeah, it's great. So when his his mom is killed his and his dad comes back after it all happens. Love that they cut away. They don't show us the kill. They just show how Shang is processing it as it's happening. Yeah. And so the, the dad sees this. He's going to take his revenge. You bl- you pay blood with blood. So he takes Shang-Chi to wherever these guys are that killed his wife so that his son can identify. The oh people. yeah. But then he kind of, it's like his son sees it. His dad murder people. Yeah. And that's when his dad says you have to play blood with blood. And then we're cut back to the present when he is processing all of this. And Katie's trying to like, what's going on? And he says, I'm going to kill my dad tomorrow. I got to play blood with blood. And it's like, oh, I know you're going through this really traumatic journey right now, but you know, that's not the answer. Right. And he'll, he'll figure it out in about 10 to 15 minutes, (laughs) but (laughs) it's just so good. It is. And, and then we have like the last action, the long action sequence Mm -hmm. of the end. And I was not bored at all. Me neither. Not for a second. And And I thought I would be. That is truly rare for like mainstream blockbuster movies for me not to, even if I like it, kind of check out a little bit. Yep. And just be like, okay, I like the rest of this movie. I wish this scene was shorter. Even even Black Panther, as great as that movie is, um, I mean, the the last like fighting sequence is a little like, oh, all right, let's let's wrap it up now. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to do the big battle scenes. I think one of the an easy thing to do it, maybe if you're inexperienced at writing it, or you just don't really know where to start, is give characters something specific to do. Yeah. Because one of the best ones I can think of is Guardians 2, when <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. fighting the dad, and like while that's all going on, Rocket and Groot are trying to put a bomb in an asteroid. Yeah. So like there, there's a lot of like it's a really good pacing, and well, you that- as a viewer know like okay this needs to happen. Well, that's that's like the the beauty of James Gunn. Yeah, you know, and yeah. we've talked about this with the Suicide Squad as well, where where he'll he'll do these things that are so big, so huge, but then it's like the camera zooms in and he goes, "But what is Polka Dot Man doing right now?" Yeah, and 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 it's not just like, "Oh, I just need to show him because we have to like show him because we haven't shown him in a while." It's like, no, no, he has a really specific purpose right now. Yeah, and then it's like, what is? Gamora doing in this scene let's really focus on that and so you actually are invested in the fight yeah and they do that in this movie plus the action is the best action we've seen in the series so it's just even more interesting to watch yeah you I know. think it's great and there are dragons in it seeing, have I said that yet <laughs> yeah seeing S- Simu and Tony uh fighting each other is awesome yeah it's great and it's but it doesn't feel drawn out and, and when he, like, is able to m- turn the rings to his side. Yeah, so cool. That was a great moment. Music moment's great there. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, but the dad... But there's a water dragon. We have to talk about water it. Water dragon. It reminded me a lot of Haku in Spirited Away. Yeah, it does. Just, I think it's because the dragon is white and the hair... Some of the... It's, like, white and it's got some blue on it. It looked 
cool. I mean, very cool. It, it and the animation was incredible. The animation was incredible, and then there was there was like a shot at the end where they get off of it. Uh huh. And I know that it was CG. I know, but it did look like it was like maybe this is a practical like head that they built. Maybe God. it looked really. It kind of like reminded me of the tac- tactile nature of like the never ending story. Like just how you feel yeah. like you can touch that. Yeah. And this felt like that. And it was thrilling. Yeah. You know, it I, was so good. I mean, we're seeing a Marvel character ride a dragon. And if these movies have been for anything, it's to get to this point to where a character can ride a freaking dragon. <laughs> when he was riding the dragon, I just thought, I cannot wait for Avengers 18 or whatever when they're having another endgame type battle. And it's like, on your left, huge dragon comes out <laughs> and Shang-Chi's riding a dragon and he's just eating all of, you know, Thanos 2's villains or something yep. like that. Oh, man. It's happening. You know it is. The Another protector. thing I want to point out on this movie as we're getting closer to the end here, but I know we have a lot to wrap up. Um, A lot of times these movies, for me, and I think for a lot of people, you go into them and it's almost like the promise of what could be is more exciting than what you actually get. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there and it's like, oh, cool, Abomination's in this from Incredible Hulk. That's fun. Uh, this character's in this. And by the time you finish it, you're like, oh, that's cool. They set it up. So now in this movie, I like you're already excited about mm-hmm. the next movie. You've forgotten that you even saw the movie mm-hmm. in, in a way. I'm being facetious, of course. And what I liked about this movie is, of course, I'm excited about the future particularly with these characters. But I was like, you know what? I just liked that movie. Yeah. And that's why this movie feels a lot more rewatchable to me than the others. And, you know, and again, I bring up Black Panther and the Guardians movies Mm -hmm. because it just feels like you could actually just watch those and enjoy them front to back instead of like, oh, but it's setting up the greater universe and you have to like, make this character do this so that in the next movie this happens. And yeah. and a lot of that is fun. I like that about the world that they've made. But it was just nice that throughout the movie I was actually like present with the movie instead mm-hmm. of, even with Black Widow, it's like, okay, Florence Pugh's cool. Like, yeah, she's going to be a good like Black Widow in the future. I hope they really, you know, I'm sa- yeah. having these conversations in my head. And in this movie I was just kind of like, I just like this. I know, me too. It's great. I, this, I think... This just starts with such a great story. Mm-hmm. You know, like this has such a good foundation. Totally. And then up from there, everything's just really good. I do. I did remember one thing though. It's funny that, so he's given like basically his outfit, which is like the dragon scale yeah. outfit. He's wearing tennis shoes. I Well, I think that, I, I'm not sure, but I think Shang-Chi does wear tennis shoes. I okay. Think. If that's true, then cool. I kind of dug it, though. Not, I thought it was well, cool. It just is funny because it's like, don't you think they'd give him some, like, warrior footwear? Yeah, maybe. I, but maybe. It's just a funny they thing that I meant cut a day, cut away where he's like, I can only do it with my Air Jordans. Oh, yeah. They had to cut that part, but it'll be in the DVD release. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while he's fighting his dad and while he's in the water before the water dragon, he recalls, I think, the moment with his aunt, but also his mother and understanding that he needs to bridge both of his parents yeah, to become who he is. Yeah. And that's when he has that really great fight with his dad and he gains the rings pretty much. Yeah. Um, that's just so interesting. I wonder if it's like, does he become worthy of it? 
like like the rings like choose i know the rings don't choose anybody i know that yeah but it almost feels like through their fighting style it is just like the the rings are drawn to that yeah like virtuous i like that yeah moment for something i don't know it's just really great but the big bad dragon gets out yeah um everyone's working together at this point and and a big bad dragon looks cool too. It does look cool. He eats souls, people. Yeah. That's scary. That is like scarier than just someone killing people, honestly. Yeah. It is like it's a it's damning people. That's scary. And I think as far as stakes go in the movie, you know, something like that happens and you're like, okay, of course. But when it took the boat the guy who trained Aquafina, yeah. The boat, it took its his soul. I actually thought to myself, I'm like, ooh, I hope when they kill it, the souls all come out of it and go back. I thought so too. And that's good. That's good that in this series where like, it feels like so many, you know, if you're not a hero, you're expendable a lot of times. Yeah. Um, It was nice that I actually like cared about that. And then when it happened, I think it is a good decision that it didn't just go back to normal, but it's like, I'm bummed about that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense too. Like it, it, eats souls so that it can become more powerful so it's just burning through them and then what's also just so refreshing is these dragons they're bigger than shang chi like yeah they're they're destined their destiny to fight is like the because this is a this is set in a different dimension this village well, i think like it's, it's they say yeah. it's a different dimension. They, they say, say another okay. dimension. Okay. Um, okay. Put the gun down. Okay. okay. <laughs> but it's just like, this is like this world's big, big moment. Yeah. And it's between these two dragons. Of course, all the little people can do something to help and make big changes. But at the end of the day, that bad dragon was sucking out the soul of the water dragon. And I was like, yeah. crap, this is not good. I know. And, and that was another thing where I was like, don't let this dragon die. I know. You can't, you can't. And then Aquafina lets off an arrow and it rings true and cuts through the throat of the dragon. Much better than the Hobbit movie. <laughs> Are we joking? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, but I felt truly triumphant yeah. when that happened. It was like, Oh, that's so cool. And then how do they actually defeat the, the, creature though i can't recall well i think that's when the dragons duke it out and they fight oh yeah that just gave the dragon the edge to yeah. kill it yeah which is just so cool yeah and then then that's it right <laughs> yeah i mean good guys win uh Wan Wu dies because his soul is taken but oh but he he sees the error of his ways mm-hmm. and he gives this look to we give him the rings too. Yeah, and he sacrifices himself to buy more time. Mm. So he has that redemption. And I I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that he is like at least top five of the Marvel villains. Easy. Yeah. The emotional weight is huge. And I, I feel like we kind of skimmed over him a little bit because we talked about everything in such detail. But I mean, I can't stress enough how much I liked him and I think it's good that he died. It makes sense, but it was also like, dang, I could use a movie more with this guy. He was great. And I also, it's worth mentioning too, is he, Shang-Chi fights alongside his sister. And that is a very beautiful thing based on all that they've been through. And the moment where he, she is telling him to let her go. Yeah. And like that, it's, it's just such, it was just so good because he doesn't want to let her go because he's already done it once and he's guilty about that, but Mm -hmm. she is telling him to do it. And it's just so beautiful. And I like that, you know, it feels like she even gets her moment. 
Yeah. But of course it is really about Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. And then it ends with them back in San Francisco talking to their friends that we uh, met earlier, and they're telling them all about their adventure, exactly what happened. And they're like, okay, we're sorry we offended you. Like, please stop, joking. stop making fun of us. And then a big old circle comes out. And Wong comes out, and he goes, hey, guys, come over here. I need your help. Yeah. And and everyone's just dumbfounded in the bar. Great. Yeah, and, Love and, all that. Sean, and Sean's like, I'll Venmo you guys for the drinks. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's a Hotel California drop when they go to yep. karaoke with Wong. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hits real hard. Mm-hmm. The movie's over. And then Anderson Pack yeah. soundtrack song comes on. I know. What a fun like, surprise. No way. They got Pack in the universe. I know. So I think it's great. Yeah. I really loved it. Me too. It, it made me. What's funny is I know if you listen to our episode, I was pretty defensive of Black Widow. And I, I like it. I, I don't really imagine me really watching it again um, unless it's like we're showing our kids someday, like the series. Um, but the more I've thought about that, the more it's like, I hope this isn't really what the universe is doing. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, too. And then this... Oh, sorry. 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 Let sorry. Me, but, and, and then... Oh, our, did our lights go out? What just happened? Your computer went to a screensaver. And that I freaked out about it? Yep. Okay, I'm going to leave all that in. But this movie is like, this is what I want the universe to start doing. Me too. I think... I think For on, phase four. On you know? the whole, I just am not interested in movies like Black Widow. Yeah. The, the kind of... I'm just not as interested in intrigue, that kind of intrigue in Russian spies. Just not my kind of movie. Yeah. This... Did I say there was a dragon in it? <laughs> yeah. My kind of movie. Yeah. You know, you know this this has more in common with Aquaman than it does with a lot of Marvel movies, which is another movie we loved because of the imagination. Let's just get James Wan up in here. By the way, I mean, thank you again. I'm talking about Dominic a lot in this episode, but he sent the James Wan took a picture with Patrick Wilson. I saw that picture, And yeah. Patrick Wilson is looking ripped, but yeah. also like so disheveled. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, I was hoping Orm would be an Aquaman too, but now I know, and yeah. let's go. Yeah. You're telling me we're getting disheveled Orm, Ocean Master? I know. Okay. <laughs> gimme, gimme. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, so that's it. Um, next week, it's back to the regularly scheduled. We're finishing up The Godfather, uh, Godfather Part 3. It's kind of hilarious that this episode is as long as an episode on Godfather, um, but hey, I guess that's how it shook out. Uh, then we'll be doing another series and you can look forward to our continued coverage of Marvel in December when Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. When does Eternals come out? Oh, wait, Eternals is next. I forgot. That's in November. Cool. Um, so actually, yes, you can look forward to Eternals in November. Uh, a which... movie that looks so good. I'm nervous. It looks good, and I'm not nervous. Yeah. If that helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Please rate the show and review the show as well on iTunes. And then go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W, and listen to us this month on Patreon talking about Kill Bill Volume 1 with my sister. Good episode. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's also a lot of music stuff on there for me. So, you know, sign up for the three, sign up for the five, sign up for the 10. 
And you, you know, you don't you don't have to pay the limit. You can you could go. I'm gonna sign up for fifty dollars a month. You know, you could do whatever you want. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but um, go over there, okay? <laughs> yeah, just check it out. Do yourself a favor and check it out. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.